Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Last Monday was the deadline to submit bills to the 2023 legislative session. This year, we saw over 900 new bills introduced, some serious, some curious, and some with clearly no chance of passage. So which were the more wacky ones? Was it legalizing human composting? Banning tobacco? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit down with Nevada Current reporter April Corbin Gurness to talk about the wildest, least likely to pass stunt bills proposed this year and why they might be a little more important than you think. It's Wednesday, April 5th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. April Corbin Gurness, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me back. Well, you know, we're going through some bills in the legislature. They're coming fast and furious. Way too hard to keep track of all of them, but that's why we got you, April. Oh, great. Uh, That's a lot of pressure on me, but I'll I'll take it (laughs) now. Well, I think you're up to task. So let's go right into some of the most out there bills this session. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... The question is how you define out there, right? I think one of the things that we could define that as is people introducing bills that have absolutely no future of going forward. Like there are just, you know, dozens upon dozens of bills that are just dead on arrival. Like a lot of, frankly, the bills from the Republicans, right? Because the Democrats have control of both uh, chambers of the legislature and they're not going to let some of the more conservative bills through. They're never going to give them a hearing. They're sort of dead on arrival. So, Well, on that point, it does seem the governor is pushing some of those measures, not just from his own proposals, but from his, I guess, allies on the Republican Party in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Besides being in the minority party of our state legislature, what else would make something dead on arrival or out there for you? I think that this might make some Democrats mad, but our our Nevada Democrats are fairly moderate. (laughs) So a lot of the more progressive policies don't really sometimes get the the, the weight and the hearings that they might like because the the, the Democrats simply aren't that progressive. Despite what the Republican commercials say, it is not full of AOCs or Bernie Sanders, you know what I mean, in Carson City. It It is pretty moderate and Democrats love to talk to stakeholders and community members and business leaders. And they love to water down bills and and, and make concessions, which they think is good for Nevada. There's an argument to be made for that, but it's certainly uh, certainly curbs some of the stuff that a lot of really progressive people would like in terms of like housing bills and criminal justice things. They're not going to touch some of those things just because it's too controversial for them and it'll it'll rub the wrong people the wrong way, you know? Well, let's, let's talk about the things that people are talking about. Some of the examples now of what you're considering to be maybe dead in the water, what I might call wacky 
wacky efforts, maybe even silly. What are some good examples of bills that are floating around being discussed but just don't have any chance of going forward? You know, there is a, and I think you guys have talked about it on this show before, there was a Assembly Bill 186, which is from Assemblywoman Kasama, that would have banned restaurants from serving water to people unless they were sort of explicitly asked for them. It's been the butt of a lot of jokes, I think, uh, this yes. legislative Excuse session. Excuse me. Waiter, waiter. Can we conspire so I could get a glass of water, please? Yeah, and, and obviously the it's, it's modeled off of bills that have been introduced elsewhere, but the glaring thing that makes it really funny here is that Nevada, Southern Nevada in particular, is world-renowned for its ability to recapture water that is done that. So as long as you go to a restaurant and they give you a glass of water, you don't throw it out the window onto the sidewalk. Like you just, they let you put it back in a sink, like it's going to be fine. And that's not right. where our water problems are from. So that bill sort of, you know... It was the butt of a lot of jokes, I think, just because it, it's really short-sighted and sort of ill-advised. We have a lot of water problems, and that's certainly not going to fix it. <laughs> but we're also very thirsty people, and a lot of us don't take care of ourselves. And it's nice to be reminded with a glass of water. Um, it's true. <laughs> hydrate, my friends. Hydrate. <laughs> All right. What's another one in this session? Some people have sort of made fun of this effort to ban tobacco products, and it would sort of set a deadline for getting rid of a lot of especially flavored cigarette products and tobacco products by the year 2023, I think the year is. And that's another one of those bills that is probably not going to go anywhere because that makes the state money and people would be up in arms about that. In addition, the businesses would be mad because businesses sell a lot of tobacco products. In another bill hearing that I covered earlier this session, the uh, convenience store association said that it's like one third of their Whoa. revenue is from cigarette products, not including fuel, I guess. But I mean, like in yeah. terms of if you're walking into the convenience store, chances are you're you know you're going to buy a cigarette or whatever. So it's a huge business for those mom those pop Seven Elevens or whatever. Uh, so that's not going anywhere, right? It's one of those bills that is introduced to make a larger point, which is like tobacco is gross. Tobacco might be gross, but we are one of the last bastions here in Nevada and significantly in Las Vegas for indoor smoking. It completely freaks out my friends who are visiting when we go to a bar. Yes. And they're like, I'm going to go step out for a cigarette. And oftentimes it's why? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You're like, oh, you don't need to do that. Right. But and, and one thing to note is that there was a push leading into this legislative session from pro-lung lobbyists, you know, anti-smoking lobbyists to close. I, I'd like to think we're all pro-lung, April. You know, I feel like maybe some of us aren't. <laughs> yeah, well, walking no. through casino, yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe you're right. But the sort of, you know, anti-smoking lobbyists were pushing legislators to back something. So to back legislation to close that Nevada Clean Indoor Act loophole or carve out that yeah. the casinos have. They want to shut that down because they're like, it is so obvious and there are casinos on the strip now that have voluntarily gone smoke free and they're still there. They're not running out of business. That's the case they were making is like yeah. Nevada will be OK. And the tide is turning in terms of public appeal towards tobacco. So it's time to close that indoor act and make it a safer work environment for all of the people who work in the casinos. So they've been pushing for that. But there is no bill in the Nevada legislature to do that thing. Just this one about banning all sales of all tobacco products. Yeah. And, and also and, the flavored vapes. Right. Yes. But it's interesting because of all that that litigation that just settled mm -hmm. with some vape makers to get money for educating and, and services for people who have been damaged or injured by youth being attracted to, to vaping because of all those flavors. So that it, it, it doesn't sound wacky in that context that yeah. we are doing something in line with 
like litigation that our state has done, but also you tell people we're going to ban smoking in Nevada and they just laugh in your face. Yeah, but it's easy to read something like that as maybe you'd actually like to make piecemeal progress and close the casino loophole for smoking, but the casino lobby says, no, absolutely not. So you can't do that. That avenue is closed to you and it's dead on arrival. So you, you know, let me pitch this thing. You just said, you know what? And then you get AB 294. Yeah, ban it all. You know, I think think that sends a message and you can read it like that. And I think a lot of these bills, ultimately what they're doing is letting constituents know and letting future voters know where these politicians stand on certain issues. So you like know. Establishing their own brand. Exactly. Which is why every Republican has an anti-election access sort of uh, restriction. (laughs) Voting bill. They know that's not going to go anywhere in the Democratic legislature, but they need to be on the record as having supported something like voter IDs or restrictions and things like that. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. I actually came across one bill that I thought was a little out there. I don't know if you've been tracking this one at all, but it's AB 314, which essentially would prohibit the prohibition of any kind of home-based business in a residential area. In other words, you could use your home for anything commercial under that bill. Does that have a chance to basically upend probably a century of zoning laws? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a great bill. Just ban regulations. (laughs) <laughs> Didn't Lombardo already do that, right? <laughs> Let's just take it further. Let's just undo everything. Um, I mean, why do we need residential zones anyway? What's the benefit of having a quiet enjoyment area that you can get away from it all when theoretically you could have a fat rendering plant next to your house? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and it's so frustrating about these kind of bills is that there is certainly a discussion to be had in Nevada about zoning, right? And whether or not this is a state level or like a county level, like it's a problem that we only have residential neighborhoods that are just miles and miles and miles and miles long. And they're huge blocks where you can't, you have to have a car to drive thing. And then you shove every, every business on Eastern Avenue and just clog that entirely up. And then, fair point. You know, and I think the best cities in the world in terms of people being happy are ones where, it's mixed use, right? Where you can you can get out of your house and you can walk to the grocery store and you can go to the park and you can bring your kids to a restaurant that is three blocks away and then walk home. There's something to be said about zoning, but but not, but getting yeah, but getting rid of all zoning maybe is not the answer to that. You know, I yeah. think that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna file that one um, under a wacky bill for sure. So April, any other out there wacky, even silly bills that you want to throw out? <laughs> 
for uh, our brief um, mini discussion as we solve all the problems of the world together? You know, there are not details out about it yet, but there is a resolution that's sponsored by a Democrat to try and urge the federal government to use the Yucca Mountain repository stuff. It's built for some other purpose since it's sort of declared dead in terms of nuclear waste. But they're like, let's use it for something else. I think his idea is to use it for like clean energy storage. But it does beg the question of like, what else could we use Yucca Mountain for? I think that's kind of a fun one just to think about. I think it'd be a great <laughs> escape room. <laughs> like they literally are throwing radioactive, low-level radioactive waste, and it builds up in the room until you get out. I think that would be a, a definite thrill-seeker destination. Yeah. Or, uh, I know you'll love this, I, I mentioned this bill to somebody else today, and they said, let's turn it into a prison. <laughs> Yeah, a prison of the soul, for sure. A prison of the soul. Okay, well, let's get into some nitty-gritty of the rationale behind some of these bills. I mean, I'm going to call some of these stunt bills. Certainly mm-hmm. banning all tobacco doesn't seem to have a chance. What happens when a stunt bill like this is proposed? How much discussion does it get, or does it go quickly into that trash heap of bad ideas? Almost none. Um, our legislature is pretty closed down in terms of if the bill doesn't have a chance of going anywhere, it's very unlikely that it's going to get a hearing at all. So the best that you can hope for if you're the legislator is that people write articles about it and you, or it goes viral on social media or something. But it's very unlikely for them to waste time in the 120-day session every other year to give a lot of airspace to bills that aren't going to get anywhere. The one exception to that is if you are a head of a committee and you're pretty much the person that gets to decide what gets a hearing in your committee, then you can put your stunt bill out there, even though you know it's dead on arrival and not going to get anywhere, which we have seen in the past. Yeah. And sometimes they do spend a lot of time on like proclamation day or designation day type bills. I saw one, I think from Assemblywoman Mosca, that was going to designate the the second to last Saturday of October as eSports Day. And no, no offense to our friends in esports. We've had some some great esports advocates on on the podcast, but how much time do they spend on stuff like that? <laughs> Hopefully, my guess is it's not very not too much. Probably just because it's pretty cut and dry. Like our our legislative council bureau staff doesn't have to go and write a whole lot. Like it's a pretty simple one. Um, so it's probably a short ask for them. But whether or not it does anything or it's useful or a good sense of time, that's. Certainly a question. I mean, we had a bill to make the wild Mustang the state horse, which people have state horses in other states or whatever. Is that the most pressing issue for Nevada to be dealing with right now? I don't know. Maybe not. So legislators have a finite number of bills that they could introduce. Do you think that because of that number, they can waste some on something that they don't necessarily think is going to get through? Absolutely. Because I mean, part of it is that their purpose isn't necessarily getting the bill passed so much as getting it on the record what they care about and making sure that they can have a campaign ad that says they were trying to do this, even though they know it's not probably possible in the real world. But at the same time, if you think about it, you know, our our state assembly, they serve two-year terms and they get elected in November and then they start, you know what I mean, like (laughs) a few months later. That's not a whole lot of time to become a legislative bill expert. And given term limits, we don't have a lot of people who've been in the legislature for a really, really long time. So if you look at other states, and I'm thinking of this one particular state lawmaker in Kentucky who'd been in the legislature for like 30 plus years, she's constantly introducing sort of stunt bills that are designed just to like 
piss people off and make a point and things like that. Because I think you can do that when you're sort of established as a lawmaker. And our yeah. lawmakers are too new and too young. And I think a lot of our bills are written by lobbyists, right? They're written by people who what? want bills to get passed. Well, I know. Shocker. <laughs> Term limits enhance the power of lobbyists to influence how we live our lives in our state? You're kidding me. Absolutely. So huh. I think you, you can have some grace maybe for some lawmakers who propose bills that are from other places because uh, where else are they going to get them? You know, they're going to be sitting in front of their computer Googling good water bill. You know, right, like, right. It, it's a hard job, I think. I am noticing that a lot of these sort of out there bills seem to be coming from the assembly side. Do you think there's a reason for that? I do. I think the reason is that they're newer and they don't have as much experience a lot of the time, right? Like it tends to be the place where they start. It's much bigger, obviously, also. But the the big stuff tends to come from the Senate, the weightier stuff and things like that. And so the assembly, you can have a little more fun, I think. But I think it just comes down to the fact that a lot of, especially this session, a lot of the lawmakers are brand new. There's a huge turnover in terms of the assembly. So these, these people who are citizens, they're regular everyday people one day and then they're lawmakers the next day, they don't have a lot of lead up time to figure out what kind of bills they want to produce. And so they, they have to do something. So a pressure cooker to shoot their shot because they might be gone in two years, who knows? And you do get some intriguing legislation offerings. One I saw was AB 289, which is the uh, human composting bill. Yeah. Where, you know, human remains can be taken and repurposed into a soil enhancement. Yeah. See, I love that. Do that to me. I'm okay with that one. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of on that level too. It's like, make my garden in my backyard go on forever with me as its essence. But I think that some people might think that that's a, a strange way for a legislator to spend their time. Uh, I mean, we're clowning around, we're calling these bills yeah. kind of silly or wacky, but is it unfair to the sponsor? Do you think some of these bills are really coming from a place of genuine community concern? I think so. And also, I think if you look at it in the sense of like, and I don't remember who sponsored that bill, but if you look at it where like, I know that I'm not going to be able to get a tax bill, right? Because that's a whole other subject. And I know I'm not going to be able to do this. But what can I do? Like, if I'm a legislator and I want to do something and I want to make some sort of difference in the community, why not pick something a little smaller and maybe very niche, like human composting, <laughs> and, and make that an issue that I sort of bring attention to and, and do that? Because there is a market for that. And you'll see weird bills. There's bills about donor breast milk and organ donations and all sorts of other things that are in the grand scheme of things are not the biggest issues. But for yeah. people who care about that, do matter. So I guess the last question is, can a bill have an impact even if it doesn't see the light of day? The optimistic view would be yes, it could be. I think my favorite, and we don't have a lot of these in Nevada, but my favorite bills are the, are the stunt bills that come from other places, usually really conservative places, where they're like pushing anti-abortion rights and, and sort of abortion restrictions. And then a Democratic lawmaker will, like one of them in Georgia proposed a testicular bill of rights, 
the, you could only get a vasectomy if you were a man whose life was in danger. Uh, mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Things mm -hmm. like that, I think, have the most impact because it shows you the absurdity of things, right? And usually those are in response to very extreme policies. And there, there's been a ton in the abortion rights space. I saw one that was to... Uh, restrict and sort of make it illegal to masturbate outside of a woman or a medical facility because that's an act against an unborn child, right? Like those kind of bills make a huge statement about the ridiculousness of abortion access and sort of restrictions and bills like that. April Corbin, Gernis, gosh darn it, it's so much fun to talk about the legislature <laughs> with you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. And now a microdose of news. A new online survey of America's healthiest cities ranks Las Vegas at number 30. Not bad, all things considered, but it makes you wonder what accounts for the difference between Vegas and Henderson. That city clocks in at 124, and North Las Vegas, all the way down to 170. Oh, one valley, so many health outcomes. And at the end of 2022, UNLV's Immigration Law Clinic had a waiting list of 90 children who arrived in America without parents and who need legal help for their court proceedings. More than 100 adults are also in the queue. A bill before the legislature would double the clinic's budget to about $1 million for pro bono services. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Is there a wacky bill you'd like to see in the next legislative session? Drop it on our social media and tag us at CityCast Vegas, both on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, tell a friend about this episode, rate the show, and leave us a nice little review. Don't forget to subscribe to our morning newsletter, too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. Speaking of going for it, let's go for it, April. You and I just got elected to the legislature. What's your what's your wackiest bill that you're proposing? And, and tell me why. You know, I would propose a study to study the use of studies in Nevada. Yes. Because one yes. of Co-sponsor right here. Co exactly. Thank you. Yes. I think bipartisan support, I think, because if you've been following the legislature, know any bill that has any inkling of ability to change anything but is somewhat controversial will be watered down into a study on said issue. Yeah. And they will appoint some sort of work group to like do a study and then they'll write a report that gets sent to the next legislature. Well, it would never get read. Yeah. And nothing will ever happen to it, like studies. So I think we should study the use of studies and whether or not a study has ever done anything for the state of Nevada. <laughs>